You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I don't know. You can see why Dinwiddie didn't make it as a starter. <laughs> He's obviously not smart enough. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra, it's Brazilian Thai. Hopefully you had yourself a good Halloween, whatever it is you chose to do. Ty, uh, what do you consider the greatest Canadian television show of all time? I realize I'm putting you on the spot here, and the reason I ask, and I'm not saying it's the greatest of all time, but uh, the Corner Gas Animated Series Finale is on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I gotta I gotta admit I, I started watching animated you know a couple of years ago when they when they came out with new seasons and uh, I didn't expect much, but the writing it's just as good it is I I think may, maybe sometimes even better like I just thought the writing has been genius mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss the show and it, it's just awesome that they found a way to give us those corner cast characters for a few more seasons uh, i pay your salary dad you got you got to stop paying everybody's salary <laughs> um i think i think i don't know if i could pick one i think i'd have to do like a mount rushmore yeah trailer park boys are on there well yeah that's obviously that's the george washington that's the og uh um, the littlest hobo <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> okay, come on. But Have I, you? I know the theme song. I know okay. the theme song, though. I was going to ask, do you at least know the theme song? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I would go, oh, let's see here. Okay, so Trailer Park Boys. Does SCTV Schitt's count? Oh, that's like can. That's like, if you want to go with CanCon rules. Okay. Okay. Right? You're in radio. You get it. I do. Um, <laughs> Shit's Creek, Kim's Convenience, Heartland. Yeah, I said it. And Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> oh, it's hard for me to leave Mr. D off. That was so good. You, we, oh, we, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're almost in the like the, the golden age of Canadian TV. And anything with Hugh Dillon, let's be honest. Yeah. And then I'm, that, means I'm, that means I'm counting Yellowstone. But whatever. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to your forest. It's a podcast about the natural world. Hear stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, hunting, fishing, and more. This is a podcast for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all wild things. Find Your Forest wherever you get your podcasts or at yourforestpodcast.com. That's yourforestpodcast.com. 
CFL.com. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And Pick'em.CFL.ca. All right, there it is, week 13 in the books in this CFL season. The Calgary Stampeders go to Ottawa and get a win, 26-13. It, it wasn't pretty, but they they went and got it done. It just seems like a different Stampeders team play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders than play anybody else. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They uh, well, and it seems it seems like a completely different Red Blacks team plays the Stampeders hey, that's, against everybody else. That's also true. Uh, they, they were in it and they were fighting. They they were scrappy. Um, Caleb Evans. I mean, he, he. I think he's looked better than he has in a few weeks here. Uh, Fifteen of twenty-nine, one hundred and seventy-three yards and a touchdown. But he also had the sixty-eight rushing yards. When he's doing that, he uh, keeps the defense mm-hmm. guessing. Yeah, you got to keep him honest. Uh, kind of have to. You can't just pin your ears back. You have to run a little bit of contain on the outside. But I mean, he he's shown that he can go outside. He's shown that he can run the draw up the middle. Uh, you know the. the Completion percentages leaves a bit to be desired, but uh, you know, growing pains with a young quarterback. And if he can keep his legs uh, going like they are, it's going to open up a lot more opportunities for him. Man, the Red Blacks just—they they also can't catch a break when it comes to their roster. Uh, Brendan Gillanders uh, at running back gets hurt. I think it was the opening kickoff. Delance Turner ends up getting hurt late in the game, so they were left with no true running back. They ended up. Going to Anthony Coombs for a little bit towards the end of the game. By then, the Stamps had kind of kind of wrapped things up. But Stampeder fans, they definitely seem a bit a bit worried here. Um, Bo Mitchell, twenty two of twenty nine, two hundred and forty two yards, no touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over, but it didn't seem like they had that uh, intensity. Because you'd expect a team, well, that 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 wants a home playoff game would be able to go to Ottawa and kind of just lay the boots to them and uh, show them who's boss and 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 play with this sort of intensity that Ottawa couldn't really answer. But <laughs> that wasn't the case. That <laughs> these teams went back and forth in the first half. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with who they're playing. I mean, everybody knows what the Ottawa Red Blacks are. Uh, you know, yeah. you hear all the time. If you can't get yourself amped up for for any game, then you're in the wrong you're in the wrong sport. Well, getting amped up for a game against the Riders, where you have a chance to get into second place, uh, and you know, host a playoff game. You know, you're playing them three out of four times, three out of four weeks. It's really easy to get amped up for those games. This game, you know, Ottawa's out uh, out of it. You know that that should be easy pickings for for your offense. And well, just for your team in general, but you know it, that if that doesn't creep into your mind, you're not human, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it has to at some point. Be like, there's no way that we're losing this football game, and maybe your intensity level drops at some point. Uh, and yeah, that that is a little worrisome. But I, I, you don't see that when they're playing the likes of the Riders and and the, the 
and the other teams that are at the top of the league right now, uh, yeah, maybe they're not winning a lot of, maybe not winning some of those games, but I, I just see the compete level there. Uh, not to say that they didn't compete against Ottawa, but like you said, the intensity and stuff, it just didn't seem like it was there early on. It's almost like they looked past them. Trey Roberson uh, makes his return to the Stampeders. They didn't really want to see if he was what he was. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> they didn't test him at all. He did force a fumble in the third quarter, and I, I think maybe that was the key part was that uh, the Stamps didn't mm-hmm. force or they didn't make any mistakes, uh, unlike against... Until it was wrapped up. Right. With the, with the Lee Trey fumble, but I mean, yeah. the game was pretty much in hand by then. Yeah, unlike against Saskatchewan where where Bo was mm-hmm. throwing interceptions. So you, you got your dynamic duo, Darnell Sankey, Jameer Thurman at uh, linebacker. The defense really is, I think, coming together for Calgary, and they're a very talented group that uh, people need to look out for. Mike Rose had two sacks, Sean Lemon had a sack and the second half of the Friday night doubleheader <laughs> Matthew Betts in the in the spotlight a little bit for Edmonton for all the wrong reasons and they cut Sean Lemon so they could go Canadian at defensive end and that's just one of the laundry list of issues with uh, the Edmonton Elks <laughs> this season. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> just, just add it to the list. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm running uh, out of room. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're on to the eighth uh, sheet of loose leaf by now. Uh, Kamar Jordan had six catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. He was the leading receiver. But Kadeem Carey, 16 carries, 103 yards, a touchdown on the ground. Ty, you were happy to have him in your fantasy lineup. Yeah, and every time I looked at who was ahead of me, they had him too. Oh. <laughs> um, every, everybody had a very familiar, everybody had a very similar strategy this week. And it, it did not pan out as much as I hoped it would. Yeah. Uh, everybody this... kind of just loaded up on Calgary. It was just depended on which uh, receivers you were able to fit into your lineup. They kind of just went there and did their job. They didn't really, you know, yep. pound them by seven touchdowns. <laughs> well, and, and they didn't win sexy, but no, you no. don't have to. No, yeah. You no, know, like Bo, Bo doesn't throw any touchdowns, but, you know, yeah, Mayer comes in and he's one for one on that short yardage throw where he finds Jordan, but they got the job done. Mm-hmm. It's not, not pretty. But you got to win games like this late in the year and in and in the playoffs. You can't just you know you're not going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns every yeah. week. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at at uh, the World Series right now. The Braves have won a bunch of, of close games. They've also had they they can also blow teams out. You, know, you got to win. You got to win different ways. You can't just run through teams. Um, you know, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, you gotta you gotta you gotta beat four teams on your way. All of them are going to play different. It's the same thing with the CFL. No team is no two teams are the same. Seventy six percent completion percentage. That that's going to be really hard to lose football games when you're controlling the ball like that. Um, yeah, it's not it's not pretty, but in the end they got the win, and, and it's a different way to win. And yeah, we've seen them absolutely boat race teams, and we've seen them win close ones. I mean, I think we all thought this game was. Going into the third quarter, we thought this game was going overtime and or to double overtime, and nothing was going to happen. Just it was looking that way, uh, but they 
the defense made some the defense made plays and you know they they protected the football I don't know man it's just it's one of those things where it, it's like it looks on paper like if you look at the stat sheet it looks like Calgary probably shouldn't have won this game but you look at Ottawa's offense and it wasn't any better so <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like they didn't have Bo didn't have to play the game of his life when his defense played like it did right and I mean if you go get the win it doesn't really matter what yeah. the Randy what Carlisle. the stats say, and he'll take the win every day of the week. It's mm-hmm. uh, Calgary. I mean, Winnipeg was on by this week, but this is this is different territory for Calgary. Usually, they are the team, and they have been mm-hmm. for about the last decade, where they would clinch the West. Only cooled off. <laughs> yeah, with about six weeks to go. And then mm-hmm. you're you're not playing meaning, meaningful football, and Winnipeg faces that right now. So we see yeah. how they'll they'll manage that. By the time the West Final rolls around, it's almost two months basically that they had the West, you know, locked up and uh, more or less yeah. didn't need to didn't need to face any. They really didn't have much adversity this year at no. all, and. This stat that John Hodge ended up sharing on Twitter, it came from, uh, I guess, Brendan McGuire, uh, CFL columnist. He said, since 1987, the team that hosts the West Final has lost 19 out of 33 times. (laughs) It's just the team that wins the semi has all the mm-hmm. playoff momentum in the world and then they go and catch a team that had a week off or in Winnipeg's case basically 6 Two weeks months. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's Well, and you know that's I I think Calgary's a sneaky great cup. I don't think it's sneaky. I think it's kind of like, you know, they're going to it's like they're going to be playing a lot of meaningful football. They can still get second place. They they want to win out. They have to play really good football. I don't think this is too early. They're not peaking too early, you know, to go on a run. It's no, like, definitely you look at not. The, you, you look at the Rockies in 2007. They won 19 of their last 20 games. And, then, yeah, they got swept by the Red Sox in the World Series. But you get hot at the right time. And, you know, everything kind of comes together. You go on a, you go on a big run. Um Kadeem Carey over 100 yards, Bo protecting the football like he did, not making the mistakes uh, like he did against Saskatchewan. Of course, it's a totally kind of different defense in Saskatchewan. Uh, just, you know, a team that's pretty much done, um, but still, you know, this, this is now if they're if they can win football games and stay hot, I mean, they can just ride that momentum, and they don't. It's not like they don't have to take a week off uh, between you know the last game of the season and and the, their most meaningful game. Uh, you know, they can go in or even if Saskatchewan come to Calgary and they can win that game, it just keeps the train rolling. Calgary does have a bye week here right now. Uh, as for Ottawa, hey, shout out to Kenny Stafford for that uh, 11-yard touchdown. That was a beauty catch by him. And uh, they're going to be host to mm-hmm. the Toronto Argonauts this weekend. Oh. <laughs> now, make time- sure you keep your time out. <laughs> you, you talk about teams that are peaking at the right time, and that kind of looks to me as what is happening to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And I, I know that they is were more than fair. I know they were playing Edmonton, 
Um, but they go to Edmonton and they they take care of business. Uh, I know the the mm-hmm. second half was what it was, but when it goes into halftime and the Tie Cats are up twenty seven to four, <laughs> yeah. J- Jeremiah Mazzoli just played a beautiful game here. He's played well against Edmonton. He was with the Edmonton organization at one point, and I, I got to think that. Maybe they would have liked to have kept him, <laughs> but man, if they would have saw this coming, yep, yeah, seventeen of twenty-four, three hundred and fifty-seven yards, three touchdowns, three rushes for twenty-six yards. He's looking good at the exact right time mm-hmm. for Ty Cat fans. Yeah, and there are still people that want to see Dane Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. There, there's a contingent of Thai Cat fans. I have, a, I have a theory. They've never accepted him. Like, no, even, I have a theory as to why, but I don't think we need to get into that. Even his uh, season before he ended up getting hurt in 2019, mm-hmm. there were he still couldn't win over a portion of yeah. that fan base, which is which is unfortunate. I do want to talk about a member of the Ticats defense who is always the center of controversy, always plays on the edge. <laughs> who? Some... I, I, there's nobody <laughs> on the defense that does that. <laughs> there's probably three or four guys on the Ticat defense that do that. Uh, that, that, Cam, <laughs> that Cam Kelly, he'll get you every time. Oh, man. Uh, Simone Lawrence. Segway. Uh, I think that... The hit he he had on Wilder was a bit more egregious. Uh, the the one where he was tied up and then he came in with the helmet. Yeah. Then because yeah. the other one, if if Wilder makes that catch and Simone hits him in the ass, we're not mm-hmm. talking about this. When no, when you yeah. slow it down, absolutely, it looks horrible. Well, you slow anything down and it's late. Yeah, right. I mean, it's 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 a bit late even in real time, but I mean, it's still guys going at full speed, pretty much committed at that point. You have to finish the tackle because you don't know if he's going to catch the ball or not, and you know when you have a split second to make the decision, you can't stop yourself. So, um, and I think Wilder got up, saw, and they mentioned in the broadcast who saw who it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was because because of the the play three three plays before. Yeah. at the same time, guys shouldn't be such big babies about it. it it's football. You're going to get hit. Deal with it. Yeah, I know like, we're going to get... When you, when, if he's going to take that helmet shot, get him then. Go after him then. Because now, what do you... Like, three plays later, it doesn't do anything for you. Not that it wouldn't do anything then, but, like, why... Like, now you're now you're just starting something... Uh, that led to a bigger thing, especially when it's right by the yeah. right by the sideline and the bench. Like it just that's a poor decision, and he's lucky he didn't get guillotined because it set himself up for it. I don't know why he shot like that right into Simone's midsection because it's not like he's <laughs> not going to wrap his arms around his neck and try to choke him out. Oh yeah, if, if he didn't see it, uh, uh, James Wilder Jr. is on the wide side of the field. He gets thrown towards him the pass is a bit low 
And then Simone. But yeah. you can touch the ball. You can catch the ball. <laughs> Simone so came in a tad late. And I, I think maybe part of the issue is people may have initially thought it was low. But uh, there's no there's no such thing. It's, yeah, on a quarterback, on a yes. But on on receivers and running backs, no. Uh, I, I've always kind of. If, if I'm going up against. If I'm going up against James Wilder Jr., I'm taking out his knees every time. It's the same thing people do to Gronk in the NFL. He's that strong, yeah. Um, yeah. I've always kind of laughed at, like, some of the roughing the passer calls we saw this weekend, especially, I, I'm just kind of shaking my head at that. But you can yeah. just lay into a running back and smash him with your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, a, but a quarterback... <laughs> you, you like, can't even land on him. <laughs> well, the Simone, the roughing the passer when he was jogging towards the sideline and bumped mm-hmm. Cornelius, that was just, it had to be a makeup call or, or something. Like, if it wasn't 21, that doesn't get called. I get it because for those, for that roughing the passer stuff, it has to be black and white. Right. Right. We You got to take judgment out of those ones just because it, it like, oh, did he hit him? How hard did he hit him in the head with his hand, right? No. Touch quarterback said it's a penalty. It's a fight. You, you have to go that route, especially, you know, we talk about how it's a quarterback league and all that stuff. And they, they need they need to be protected. They're probably, one of, they're probably the most vulnerable position. They are, yeah. Even though, yeah. They have five, they, even though they probably have five to seven guys protecting them, um, you know, they're looking downfield. They're not always aware of their surroundings. So yeah, they, they they get they put themselves in vulnerable positions. They need to be protected, uh, and it, you know it's the same with receivers. But again, you can blame that on your if your quarterback's going to lead you into trouble, and you don't want to catch that ball, then don't. But if you catch that ball and you get rocked, you can go yell at your quarterback because he's being and throwing that ball where it shouldn't have been thrown. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah, that, that, those rules have to be black and white. I just don't see any other way you do it. Because we, we've had it with judgment calls, and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that melee, I mean, that well, and you brought him up. Cam Kelly ends up, I think, overshadowing the rest of it. When you yeah. spit on a guy. and Don't get me wrong. Love that move. <laughs> but you got to be a little more discreet about well, it. And then you add the fact that it's a pandemic. Like if you if you spit on a yeah. guy before the pandemic, what if what if <laughs> what if Edmonton has another COVID outbreak from that? Oh man, he's lucky that offensive lineman didn't like rip yeah. his head off. <laughs> but like, if you're gonna spit on a guy, don't do it right in front of an official. That's the the ref was the right there. Do it in the middle of a pile. Poke him in the eyes. Spit in his face. Do something, but don't do it right in front of him. Now I'm not condoning that. You would be. But I am kind of. I am kind of condoning. Most that. controversial player of any league you played in. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm not even going to start. <laughs> no, you know it, when you when you get in when you when you have like an old old hockey stick and the end of the blade starts to like fray and you get all those fiberglass pieces yeah i used to like cut the tape off the end of my stick so it would get frayed and i would just rub it up and down the back of guys legs (laughs) 
They'd the, be pulling fiberglass out of their calves in between periods. It was great. The dirtiest player in the game, Brazilian tie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I didn't have it. I didn't. I didn't have a dad to teach me how to be a, to be a sportsman. So I just had to kind of <laughs> learn on the go, learn on the fly. Okay, the Tie Cats offense had a rushing game, and mm-hmm. Don Jackson ran like he never wants to sit on the bench again. No, I don't know how you healthy scratch him ever, ever again at this rate. No. Like, that would actually be a straight-up stupid move, and I know he's not Canadian, but man. Yeah, and I don't know how you don't give him the ball 15 to 20 times now. See, look what happened. 16 carries, 120 yards, a, a touchdown, and his long was only 18 yards. Like, he was getting chunks of yards yeah. every single time. He's it wasn't like seven, when he had an average 80 seven and a half. Yeah. Crushed them. Yeah. It's amazing what and, and you still have Jeremiah Masoli who can make plays with his legs. Uh you kind of get that dual threat or not dual threat like a tandem threat with him and Don Jackson at the in, on the field. Teams have to respect that and look at what he look at what it opened up for the pass game. Yeah, it's amazing Tim, how that happens. It's almost like we've been saying that for 13 weeks. <laughs> Tim White had 89 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Banks mm-hmm. had 60 yards. Acklin had a 65-yard touchdown. Stephen Dunbar yeah, had did. 76 yards. I mean, they mm-hmm. they were all over Edmonton in this one. And, I mean, I don't even know what you say about Edmonton anymore. Cornelius goes 19 of 33 uh, for 251 yards. He didn't turn... Turned the ball over. He didn't make any major mistakes. Oh. But again, th- there were many instances where his quote-unquote veteran receivers are letting him down. Darrell Walker, one no, catch. You mean, you mean Darrell Walker? One catch for 11 yards. He's, I don't want, I don't like Does to he even say care it, anymore? but he's done, isn't he? Does he even care anymore? It doesn't look like it. I, I think you health bomb him. And you put a, you put one of the young guys in there and see what you got because Darrell's not helping you. No, I mean at best, at best, at best, he's maybe taking some attention away from Greg Ellingson. But if he's going to go one for five, teams aren't going to be worrying about him that much. But yeah, he his gimmick <laughs> it yeah. looks like it, it's bad. Ellingson, for his credit, seven catches, 101 yards. Uh, and may- maybe we see a dose of Walter Fletcher going forward here at running back. Mm-hmm. I-, I mean, I've-, I've liked what I've seen from him. He didn't really get much done on the ground. It's tough to run against the Ticats, but he did have three catches for 31 yards. And uh, Wilder did leave the game with an ankle injury. So we'll see if uh, they give Fletcher you know, the old uh, opportunity for the next few weeks here. And we're probably going to see sort of a preseason slash training camp roster for the next little while here because the Elks do have three games in seven days on the way. And are now mathematically eliminated, basically, I think. Right. So why not see more of a... Jalen Tolliver, who we saw, you know, Labor Day at receiver mm-hmm. and uh, was able to 
to to produce. Ernest Edwards is Ernest on the practice Edwards. roster. Yeah, and he produced as well. See what those guys can do with Taylor Cornelius the rest of the mm-hmm. way, and hopefully uh, these players are able to stay healthy as can be. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would hate those three games in seven days. I would hate to see somebody get hurt in those games. And as much as we've crapped on the Elks this year, uh, and stuff like that, I, just, I would hate to see somebody get hurt in those, one of those three games, yeah. especially in like the third game. Right. When it doesn't matter and they probably shouldn't be playing it, but they have to for, you know, money and all that crap. Uh, I would hate to see somebody get hurt and miss the start of next season or a portion of next season because they're still recovering from an injury. The Saturday doubleheader had the Toronto Argonauts beating the BC Lions 31-29 (laughs) in overtime. The Argos remain undefeated at home. (laughs) It was a fun game to watch. There there was a lot of penalties. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you get through that, Mm -hmm. it was was an all right game. But, I mean, you look at the Argos stats and – you think, how the heck did they win this game? McLeod Bethel Thompson, 23 of 37, 155 yards, a touchdown yep. and an interception. <laughs> They're leading Ricky rusher. Collins Jr. had negative one receiving yards. <laughs> and four catches. His yak Travis, was minus seven. <laughs> that's an average of negative <laughs> 0.25 per catch. That... That's like, got to be some sort that's of impressive. record. That's impressive, if nothing else. The most catches for negative yards, like he, he minus one yards. His longest rece- his long reception was six. <laughs> oh, that is impressive. All the plays here went to. BC, didn't they? Lucky Whitehead comes back. Mm-hmm. He, he only had two catches for 20 yards, but Brian Burnham had a crazy touchdown catch. He yep. had another crazy catch off of a deflection. Uh, Shaq Johnson had a crazy catch. Uh, Dominique yep. Rimes, he gets back onto the roster and I think maybe benefits from Whitehead being there as well because he has his nicest mm-hmm. game of the season. Six catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And I, I think a lot of people had high 11 hopes. 11 targets. Yeah. People had high hopes for him going into the season after what he did in Ottawa. And it mm-hmm. really didn't pan out. He got hurt, left off the roster, comes in, makes the most of his opportunity here. But, yeah, BC was making all the plays here, but... <laughs> <laughs> James <laughs> Butler for MOP, obviously. Ten carries for 69 yards. There it is. <laughs> nice. Did you see McLeod Bethel Thompson's passing efficiency? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's like point one. It's like point one, not good. But yeah, the rest 69.1. Of it's good. Come on, McLeod. Get, come on, do it. Be um, better. Or be actually be a little worse. Be just a... <laughs> Just a tiny smidgen worse. But Toronto controlled the clock. They had the ball for over 35 Mm -hmm. minutes (laughs) of the game. Wow. Okay. They didn't control the clock enough. We should probably just fast forward. They didn't control it very well. We should probably just fast forward to the last five minutes of this game. Where... Yeah, between between Ryan Dinwiddie (laughs) and Camacho... 
<laughs> I don't know if there's anything else you really talk about in this football game. This game should not have went to overtime. So no. Toronto's got, what, a two-point lead with about five minutes to go. BC misses a field goal. <laughs> they get the rouge. From 37. And then they had one blocked, right? Or tipped. That was the that was the one with 44 seconds. Well, that's what led to the 44 seconds left was it, it was blocked by the inside lineman. And then instead of trying to go for a first down, Toronto goes into quote unquote victory formation. They punt it from their end zone and BC's instantly in field goal but, range. But, <laughs> so they missed the, they blocked the field goal. Edwards <laughs> runs it out or well he gets the ball at like the one and runs it forward. BC has a timeout left. Yeah. It's on the scoreboard I'm pretty sure. Uh when Dinwiddie tells Jackson to kneel out this clock, how does Jackson say uh BC sells a timeout left? <laughs> So like forty four seconds, even if you run that run the ball run run a sweep run something run a power, you know you can chew five seconds off, right? Instead you 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 run two seconds off with a kneel. They call the timeout. You still have forty one seconds left. DJ Foster had over seven yards of carry. Like, yeah. <laughs> BC knows you're going to run the ball in that situation, obviously. Yeah, but you still have to do something. Maybe you can bounce to the outside, and maybe, if you can get that under, you know, if you can get that to around thirty-five seconds, you're in a hell of a lot better shape. Yeah. And then, and then on second down, they take, oh man, they take the delay a game penalty. Toronto, or sorry, they didn't take the delay a game. They called their timeout or whatever. Eighteen seconds left. There could have been so much less time. Then you kick it. You're kicking from your end zone because you can't give up the safety there. Obviously, like that's not even up for debate. Yeah. But. Because they're up by one. You're basically, you're basically putting them in field goal range. And well, and they they got a if you would have killed if you could have killed five more seconds, if you could have killed five more seconds off the clock by running the football, BC can't run a play to get them to whatever it was the thirty the thirty yard line. You're kicking the ball with eighteen seconds left. They get it with set by the time Rainey's down. There's seven seconds left. There's no reason they can't, and they did, and. And Dinwiddie's getting mad on the sideline. Like, no, dude, this is all your fault. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just, that, that clock management made zero sense to me. And, like, if they would have lost that game and I'm Pinball Clements, I'm walking down to the field and firing him. Because he has no idea what he's doing. They tried to give that game to BC. Twice. <laughs> And beats. Oh, I don't know what that's. If it says more about Toronto or BC, I, I truly don't know. It, it baffles the mind. And then it, it goes to overtime, and Macbeth did what he needed to do, marched down the field, and then they 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 scored the touchdown. BC scores a touchdown too, but then uh, couldn't, uh, couldn't. It's like watching an Atlanta Falcons inter squad game. <laughs> Like, I just don't get it. It made no sense. And I'm, when they lined up, <clears throat> sorry, when they lined up in the victory formation, I'm like, oh, BC must have burned a timeout that I missed. To be fair, I was watching at work, but. 
Like, wow. Yeah. It, that was a... I, I, I don't know. You can see why Dinwiddie didn't make it as a starter. He's obviously not smart enough. <laughs> hey, it, it created a, a fun end of the game there. But if if I'm BC, oh, man. you, you got to be rattled. You have to be how, rattled. How does how is Camacho still on the roster? Man, it's, it's, he like, it's only because an, there's nobody else out there. He was having a decent season. And he was on a decent run, but then this happens. I don't know if he couldn't yeah. kick on the grass. I don't know what it was, but over three, and not you're not just leaving empty points out there. You left the win out on the field. Yeah. Wow! Did we shouldn't even be talking about clock management with Ryan Dinwiddie? It should have been over before that. Yeah. Jeez. It's like he it's like he knew he knew that BC should be winning this football game and just tried to gift it to him but make it look <laughs> like it like they earned it. <laughs> so then uh Toronto put the pressure on Montreal to hang on to first place in the Eastern Division. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in town and the Riders win. 1914, so that puts the Argos back into first place in the Eastern Division. The Ticats are now in second at 6-5. and five. The Owls, 6-5. and five. <laughs> The Ticats, it, it looked like at one point they were done. And they weren't going to be mm-hmm. able to, to host the East Final. Or even really have a home playoff game. Now that looks like the likely scenario here. Yeah. <laughs> Things just turned around in a hurry. Like, what if what if they lose to Toronto in the East Final, and then Toronto goes into Hamilton and wins the Grey Cup? I know you're cheering for that. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> and uh, the Ticats go to Toronto November 12th. They still play each other. One more time. As for Saskatchewan and Montreal, this game was all about the defensive lines. 100% on both sides of the ball. And when the game started, it looked like it was going to be a long night for Cody Fajardo because when Almondo Sewell is working one-on-one against your left guard, Logan Furland, it's... Poor bastard. (laughs) Like I can't blame the guy. I can't. No. <laughs> I I blame I blame whoever schemed the offensive line for the week because that is not what you do against Amondo Sewell. Whoever came up with the protections and all that stuff need, yeah. need to take a hard, long hard look at some film. CFL Hall of Famers won't want to go one on one against Almondo Sewell. That's just not the way not the way it goes. But Logan Furland, he's still He's only 24 years old, 6'4", 275, and he played junior football in Regina. That's a big step to, yeah. to playing for the Riders and blocking Almondo Sewell one-on-one. So he's going to get bigger, he's going to get stronger, and he's going to get better. So I, I'm not going to blame him for that. I, I will say that as the game went on, it looked to me like Jason Moss's offense 
kind of adjusted and it looks and I, I don't know if we can really crap on him anymore. Well, you can because they don't give Travis. Powell the ball enough. They, that that goes without saying. But you can't <laughs> let Shaq and Duke and all these players get deep and have five yeah. five receiver sets because <laughs> there's no time for those plays to develop. No. There isn't. No, and it, and it only took 13 weeks for him to pull his head out of his ass. <laughs> so it, it probably because like he got stuck. There were there were times when Saskatchewan was working with a long field and they were able to march mm-hmm. down the field with the seven eight yard passes, able to get them off fast enough and not get smashed and not get hit. But uh, Fajardo's legs were a big weapon in this one. Four yeah. carries for forty six yards on the ground. It wasn't the prettiest passing game, 14 to 25 for 158 no. yards, but either side and either quarterback, there was just no time to be had. And this might be the best the Saskatchewan no. defensive line has looked actually all year. Yep, that's, I, I have no argument there. Uh, the one thing I will say is that, you know, 11 carries for Powell, I mean, that that's one way to help slow down a pass rush to I run know. the football and they just they don't commit to it yeah at the same time Stanback ran it 19 times well and, and, and caught, that was and clearly four, but clearly montreal's strategy right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. especially i with, bet you their strategy did not include trevor harris getting into this game yeah. <laughs> with matt schiltz starting they wanted to go all Stanback. it was the league's best rusher against the league's best rushing defense. And I think it was through the mm-hmm. first quarter, Stanback had 40 yards rushing. And then the remaining three quarters, he only had another 40. So they, they really shut yeah. him down as the game went on. And I think credit goes to Jason Shivers. I, I was one mm-hmm. that was worried about the Rough Rider defense. Uh, even in 2019, when Chris Jones jetted, to the National Football League, and Shivers came in, and they, they had a good defense that year. And then this year, even with all the personnel that has changed, and Cam Judge has left, Charleston Hughes is gone, they are still a solid group, and he's just done a great job with that uh, defense. And the secondary's been together now, like a lot yeah. of a lot of returnees. And yeah, there there has been injuries and stuff like that. But I mean, you saw that same core group, uh, and Micah Johnson just the anchor in the middle of that defensive line. I mean, yeah, he, he makes it so hard to run up the middle. <laughs> yeah, like right. He's and he just looks. Guy. He, he yeah. is a scary looking individual. He is. He is big, and he has. He always just looks mean and angry. It's like, yeah, I'm going to run to the outside. <laughs> Saskatchewan's uh, like Pete Robertson had two sacks Jonathan Woodard two sacks AC Leonard eight tackles he had the sack <laughs> I can't believe he didn't blow his Achilles on the backflip uh, <laughs> but to yeah. see a guy that big doing a backflip that was also intimidating in its own way <laughs> just to us <laughs> yeah maybe Maybe. It's like, oh, uh, he's an athlete. Weird. <laughs> he can do I'm, stuff like that. And that's why think... we 
sit on our couch and watch him do stuff like that. I'm trying to think of any situation I'd be able to do a backflip. Maybe if there was a bull that rammed me off a diving board, maybe I'd be able to. We move. can make that happen. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> we know people. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, so th- this game won by the rider. Rider defense. Uh, it's always tough to go into Montreal to win because William Powell mm-hmm. was their leading receiver with 40 yards. <sighs> <laughs> and I think it Who's hurt the offense. this team? Matt Nichols? <laughs> <laughs> That's the line of the season, I think. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think Kyron Moore getting hurt. And uh, it's another one of those things. The big play early in the game, Kyron Moore couldn't quite track the ball down. It hits him in the face and hits the turf. If they complete that play, probably a little Mm -hmm. bit better than a game game for the Ryder offense. But Brett Lowther, uh, four field goals made. And the global kicker, Vedvik. I thought he had a great game punting the football, and I know you don't normally watch the punter, but without John Ryan there just booting him yeah. 70 yards down the field, they didn't don't, seem Don't forget to... that losing John Ryan also affects the scoring. Brett Lowther. Oh, because <laughs> he's the holder, yeah. Well, because he's the holder. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a unit, your long snapper, yeah. your holder, and your kicker. Yeah. So let's, let's not forget that. that there, it, he has other effects. Mm-hmm. As far as Montreal went, uh, your boy Nick Marshall was on Eugene Lewis most of the night. Five catches, fifty-four oh, yards. He did Lewis have got the a touchdown. touchdown. <laughs> hey, compared to Eugene Lewis no, the I'm week t- before, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He's on quite the home touchdown streak. Yeah, he is. Two weeks in a row, three touchdowns in home two cooking. weeks after never having one. I, I don't know how yeah, that works. That's nuts. Although, uh, there were a couple moments in this game, like Nick Marshall makes what was thought to be an interception, and then they come back, and even Rod mm-hmm. Smith was confused. Wait, what? <laughs> Montreal's punting the ball, and there was no real replay of that <laughs> no. incomplete pass. So there's little things. that I rewound uh, it three times this morning, and I don't know what the hell I watched. Oh, really? Yeah, like, well, like, just the confusion, like, nobody said, oh, like, it was like, what? Yeah. Okay, Montreal's just going to punt the football, I guess. Okay, we'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sure it hit the ground, but it would have been nice to have that, yeah. you know, communicated. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like when MLB goes review, and then we don't get to hear, it, the umpire just says safer out. It's like, well, was it confirmed? Or is it just play stands? Or what is it? Like, just yeah. t- let us know. We just want to know what's going on. Yeah. Is it too much to ask? <laughs> okay. Is there a quarterback uh, situation we got to watch in Montreal, Ty? I... They went to oh. Trevor Harris for the fourth <laughs> quarter, and he went 12 of 15, 123 yards. He had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He also rushed for 30 yards. It. it he looked like a guy that all of a sudden wanted to win. <laughs> like there were moments in the, in the fourth quarter where he, all of a sudden he looked like one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the CFL and Saskatchewan was kind of 
struggling with him a little bit. I think the defense was tired, but it looked like Harris was mm-hmm. going to wrap that up. I think it's more to the effect that he is now on a team in a position to win. He's got receivers that care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Schilt starts next week, but it's not going to be a very long leash. Yeah. And then if, if he gets pulled again, this is Harris's team through to the playoffs until until either he craps the bed and Schultz has to come back in or Vernon Adams Jr. is healthy. Because they can't you have to you gotta win all the football games you can right now to try to get that home playoff game. So Yeah, that's what I, Montreal wants. I, just, yeah. I, I see Schultz starting, but I, I don't I see you know, one bad one bad decision and a bad, and a pick and I think that he is stapled to the bench. Unless unless Kahari just says, you know what, screw it, we're we're starting Trevor. Uh, we we saw enough last game from both of them basically to warrant the decision, and that's that. I don't, I don't know, uh, but yeah, it, you wouldn't think Trevor Harris starting after only you know a week and a bit of of practice and everything. But I mean, he's been he's been around long enough that he can he can adjust and and make the plays he needs to, and they can they can gradually or maybe not so gradually but open up the playbook more and more even in the course of a game another off week uh, for jake winicky he had the one catch 34 mm-hmm. yards uh reggie white jr coming onto the scene and his dad is not you know the reggie white he's a he's he's reggie white yeah. well he uh, is the he is the reggie white but he's yeah. not the Reggie White. Right. <laughs> Five catches, 74 yards. He might be one of those guys we need to watch as the season mm-hmm. wraps up here. And, I mean, it's only a second game. Not only not only in the Montreal offense, but even just fantasy-wise. Yeah, he, exactly. Cheap option. He, cheap option, and he put up pretty decent numbers. We'll see if he can continue that. But uh, Six sacks. For the Montreal defense, Patrick Levels, mm-hmm. Greg Reed, David Menard, Armando Sewell, and two to Woody Barron. Shout out to David Menard, though. This guy's not a starter. Every time he gets onto the field, he seems to be <laughs> causing chaos in the backfield. Yeah. I like the way he's playing. Well, you, you can't put him in the starting lineup now because if it's not broke, why fix it? Yeah. That- <laughs> That's exactly it, and I'm sure he doesn't want to hear that, but he's got eight sacks on the season, quietly. Yeah, he he's the Alouette's version of Matt Stairs. That's a career high for him. He's got two forced fumbles. Good for David Menard. That, that's, yeah. that, he's got a good head of hair, too. Great head of hair. <laughs> it's no Taylor Loeffler, but it's... Pretty nice. That's true. That's true. So Saskatchewan <laughs> <laughs> heads to Commonwealth Stadium to play Edmonton uh, Friday night football. As for the Alouettes, they have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Riders at six-point favorites. What do you think about that spread against Edmonton? Man. That seems I... tempting. <laughs> It does, but it just seems like such a trap game. Yeah, I'm kind of worried too. <laughs> so, I, 
man, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in that. I know I should, but I don't. Just with the way, and I mean, Montreal's defense is obviously a little bit better than Edmonton's, but man, that that just has Edmonton cover written all over it for me. Who were the uh, fantasy leaders for this week? I know my team wasn't. I there's zero. I'm not even going to look. I had less than fifty points. There's zero chance I beat Andrew from the Turf District podcast. I'm not even going to look. But no, you were, definitely did not. Who were the top performers this week? Uh, Jeremiah Masoli, 28.9. Michael Riley, Caleb Evans. Uh, Prukop, as the backup, outscored the starter in Edmonton. Uh, so there's that. And Trevor Harris, uh, the top, well, I guess he'd be top six, but top five team-wise uh, for quarterbacks. Uh, as for running backs, Kadeem Carey, who was on my roster, leader uh, of the pack this week. Then Don Jackson, William Powell, William Stanback. DJ Foster and receivers, uh, you know, Brian Burnham, who we haven't really, I mean, we've talked about him, but he hasn't been the Brian Burnham that we've been used to. Uh, he led the way for wide receivers at 20.6 and Kamar Jordan at 19.9. Uh, Dominique Rimes top three, uh, this week. And then Devaris Daniels, Greg Allenson and, uh, Steve Dunbar Jr. Uh, rounded out the top six. There it is, week 13 of the CFL season, and uh, normally we're moving into the final week of the regular season, getting ready for the playoffs, but nope, uh, we got a few weeks to go, baby. <laughs> we got a lot of cold weather football to play this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I want to give a shout out to Armchair Sports with Jim Claggett. Uh, Jim's a bomber fan. Don't hold that against him. <laughs> it's, it's mostly just the sports podcast. There's worse so. things he could be. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and he, he talks to a lot of experts in their field of athletics. He was talking to a, a athletic therapist last week. Uh, uh, the debate on whether you should have your kid in multiple sports or a single sport. So he'll talk to an athletic that's- therapist about that. And uh, also, I didn't the, even know that was still up, but for debate, <laughs> the episode before that was uh, knee pain and what you can do to get help. Hey. So that, that might be one we could listen to. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> armchair Armchair Sports is a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can check out all the great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. All right. I don't even need the Weather Network app. I can just tell if the weather's going to change because of my knee. The human barometer. Yeah. <laughs> we saw sun dogs. I'm like, well, I could have told you those were showing up yesterday. With my knee, like, I could barely walk. Wow. And then sure enough, and sure enough, it was below zero when we woke up the next morning. Like, yeah, well, weird. I love it. It's almost like I knew it was coming. Yeah, you might. I, I definitely do not. <laughs> you could rate or you can review... You can subscribe, you can unsubscribe, whatever you want to do. You can catch to it up on your favorite don't, podcast. Don't give some ideas. Yeah. We'll talk to you on Thursday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.